Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Jack Hughes, who's a co-founder and COO of Syncify, a social podcasting app that's reimagining the digital landscape of connection. You can find them at syncify.fm at Syncify. In this episode, we talk about the problem that Syncify is trying to solve, what the experience is actually like using their app, how and why they acquired the competition early on, his relationship with his co-founder, Sam, their experience applying and participating in the Techstars Accelerator, how COVID-19 has played a role in the building of Syncify, how they approach customer validation, feedback, and product market fit, Jack and Sam's approach to hiring and building the Syncify team, the business model and big vision for Syncify, and much more in this episode. As always, these show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast, and you can support the show by leaving a rating and review over in Apple Podcasts. Without further ado, here is Jack Hughes, co-founder of Syncify. Jack, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? I'm good and happy to have you on here to talk about your, your company and Syncify and what you've done with that is also your experience as well and growth. So lots mm. to talk about. And for Syncify, tell people what you're doing with this company now, Jack. Yeah, sure. So um, Syncify is essentially trying to reverse this weird way that we currently have social media. So um, social <laughs> social media basically started off with the idea that Media is some isn't a shared experience. People need to combine over it. But recently, in maybe the last five or ten years or so as well, it's become so much about ourselves, which is inherently antisocial and <laughs> kind of pretty much the antithesis of what it should stand for. Um, so we're basically reinventing the nature of social media by creating an app that allows you to be social around media, and that's starting with podcasts and audiobooks, which is kind of set to be a hundred billion dollar market by the end of this decade. But uh, eventually, we're going to make uh, make it possible to be social around all media. That's the uh, that's the big targets. So that's what we're creating. And for people who will be wondering, and myself included, because there's obviously a wait list, and we can go into the business model and everything behind that. But what does it look like in terms of the experience of using Syncify? Sure. the The one thing we wanted to get right because we've seen another a few podcasting apps do it. And having uh, heard my esteemed friend Rambir talk about it as well, something I really <laughs> agree with is the podcasting world is so broken and so rubbish. And it's that's why there's two main competitors. So the one thing we want to make sure we're not is just another podcasting app. So we are social first. You go in and the first thing you're seeing is what your friends are listening to. What are your communities you're part of listening to? How are they engaging one another on it? How are they discussing, learning, being motivated, inspired? All these different things. So that is what Syncify is, is the first experience. You open up and it's boom. This is what your friends are actually doing. Welcome to the opportunity to experience stuff with your community. That That is the angle we're going for. And yeah, we are, we are in... Um, we're in kind of private mode at the moment, but that's because we've just acquired uh, another company. So uh, we oh. actually, there is a, a competitor in our space and uh, not to sound like bullish or anything, but we, we, we kind of said, look, we're doing this and we, we like what the way your app looks. So we want it, please. And we also think you're a great CTO. So how about we just take you and uh, and he didn't have a team. He was just built this beautiful app uh, with a with a corresponding web page and web app as well. So we uh, we invited him on board, integrated the app, uh, made a deal, 
uh, and uh, yeah, and that, that happened. So we're just kind of in a in that mode at the moment. Okay, on that note, then <laughs> let's dive into that a bit more. Mm-hmm. So with that, you you saw this. Take me through more of like the beginning stages of even seeing that and be like, hey, like let's actually acquire them because I don't think everyone necessarily thinks of it from that way of seeing some interesting app or seeing some interesting company out there and be like, yeah, let's just acquire them because I think it makes sense. How did that go for you guys? Right. Yeah. So the, the thing about in, whenever, whenever you set up in a B2C environment, you are in a, you have to be hyper aggressive. Like you, there's no, every time I'm sure there's been five of our apps, a lot like us, which have been set up by the time we've even been running and which is <laughs> kind of between three to six months. So whenever you get the opportunity to increase um, your power in the market, your position in the market, um, increase your tech deck, increase your skills, you can create that yourself. But if you look at that in terms of being cost-effective, community and culture collective as well, like that's um, that you, you need to kind of do the maths in your head a little bit and be like, okay, well, it's going to take us five months to get what this person's doing anyway. We're in a really lucky position um, in terms of the textiles thing and and where we are and our team growing and both Sam and I and what we're trying to do. So it makes a lot of sense to look at things super objectively like what the the offer we make this person or this company will make the chances of their success increase tenfold and so we don't really look at it as acquisition as such what we do is we look at it like look joining us will give you the opportunity to make your chance of being successful or or conquering your goals way way more likely and that's the opportunity we presented this person and and he actually is fantastic. Uh, he he's uh, he's he's very very capable, and he fills a huge hole in our, our team in terms of what we were looking for uh, in terms of in terms of the, a dev leader. And uh, yeah, we we kind of made the made the arrangement, and uh, he's he's joined us. That's awesome. How it came about was <laughs> we were we were looking for a CTO anyway. Um, we we like my my co-founder Sam. He's very good. Uh, he's run app development agencies before, and he's a naturally a, a good coder. But he isn't—he isn't like a, a CTO standard. And we needed one to, just to, so I could free up his time and make sure he was doing CEO stuff. So we—I think we were like working startups, and we went look for the job advert. And, and this guy came back and said, "Hey, I've basically built this." And <laughs> our first thing was like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> oh." <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh god what are we okay uh, and then we you know it was a squeaky bum moment for a second <laughs> and then uh and then we were like wait and then it, it turned out that he he had everything we didn't and uh we had uh and we had everything he didn't if i'm not sure i said that twice that way but yeah, yeah it made sense it made sense it does make sense and also i just had to comment on, i love interviewing people from other countries because you hear different phrases squeaky bums <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good one. I like Freaky. I have to write that one down. And and from that as well, then, obviously, you talked about we and talked about Sam, but how did you meet Sam, your co-founder? I've been friends with Sam for 20 years. We went to primary school together. We, uh, we're like, we're, we are as close to brothers as I think you can get. And I'm pretty sure that's one of the reasons why we're, we're working so well together. Um, we are the complete opposite in terms of character profiles. He is conservative he is rational he is uh wise he's considered um stoic some may say um complex incredibly bright and uh yeah i'm all i'm all all the crappy opposites of that i'm afraid (laughs) well 
yeah. With that as well, with that as well, Jeff, just to dive a little bit deeper then. So that's, mm. I mean, to know someone for that long and understand more about them and how you work together is great. But then actually working with them on a business is a little bit different. So how did you, what was that conversation like around you starting a company together with Sam? Sure. Uh, yeah, this is actually quite quite a fun one for, for me because, um, so yeah, Sam and I, friends of 20 years, and this was a, a personal pain for him, the fact that we didn't like Facebook or anything like that. And he smashed his leg to pieces a couple of, well, a year ago, or whatever. And I had no idea until I was randomly on Facebook and saw it. And I was like, God, for fuck's sake, like I, I am not talking to my friend or being close <laughs> to my friend anywhere near as much as I should be. And he was like, yeah, I know. Um, but like, it's, and it's crap, isn't it? He was like, and then he said like, we should, we should kind of do something about this. Like we might want to, we should do like a company or whatever. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, cause I was, I was working at the time and I started consulting as well. And I was, you know, when you're about to take those jobs that will probably like change, like it's, a, it's like those step up jobs when you become like a head mm -hmm. of, or you're targeting towards like a, a C-suite level or something or any of that kind of thing. I was like, I, that was going to be my next my next position, not necessarily co-founder, but one of those kind of slots. Um, and then he came up with a simple solution of Syncify, and it was just like I don't. He's like I don't I don't need to like have Zoom calls with you or chat to you or WhatsApp you, but if I could just kind of see what you're listening to, or because we listen to a load of podcasts, if I could just see what you're listening to and maybe drop a few comments on it, sent, like that kind of thing, then that would probably make me feel a little more communicated to you. And I turned around and I said, Sam, that's a rubbish idea. I want no part of it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, mm, that sounds so boring. <laughs> and then, uh, and then weirdly enough, I was chatting with my, my dad, uh, who I haven't actually seen. My dad's like my, my best friend. He's like my Oracle. He's 46 years older than me. So he's 76, 77 now. And with Syncify, you, you can listen at the same time. Uh, as well podcasts and I think my dad listens to a load of radio four programs uh which I don't know what the American equivalent is or anything like that but it's a it's basically like the news but condensed into cool documentary stories and that sort of thing um yeah. I was like I really wish I could just like organize a listening date with my dad and feel a bit closer to him and, and I was like oh oh okay I've heard this recently <laughs> so <laughs> I actually went back to Sam and I was like okay we need to talk about this um and so we we were talking about it and uh I was like you need to okay you need to lead this company like this is this is your brainchild and he's written like a 7,000 word blog on our website which you can go and check out which is basically his his whole the whole raison d'etre of the company um and uh, yeah we, we we started talking and we were kind of working things out where the holes were and uh i was like okay well i guess if you're going to be ceo i'm coo um <laughs> a role i'm not naturally i'm not a natural at but i'm starting to really you know feel for and, and understand and, and and kind of love actually um so yeah we we went we went from there really and from that, Jack, understand that you had that, you know, that you had the idea that you eventually warmed up to because of your personal <laughs> kind of connection as well. And you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. damn, Sam, that's, that's actually a good idea. Yeah. Uh, from there then, I mean, do you guys know that you want to raise funds? Were you going to bootstrap this in the beginning? Like, how did you think through the funding side of the business? Well, bootstrapping is, was always going to be the case. And one of the toughest things I found, I I'd put myself in a position where I was going to be, uh, I was going to start to like earn decent money from like career and that, and that kind of thing. And, uh, but then like coronavirus happened, um, and it took, it took away everything. Like the jobs and consultancy would just, it didn't look like it was, it was going to work. And I knew this would be the perfect point for me to jump and do something 
career-wise awesome and the only other thing i was going to do was start my own company and there's only two people i was going to start a company with which i'd already realized it was going to be either rambeer or it was going to be sam like those are the only <laughs> people in my head i was going to do it with and uh <laughs> rambeer started doing this already and i mentioned podcasting he was like well we're not allowed to talk about it don't talk about it because we we're both at sweat corner at the time and then yep. sam sam was kind of he he uh He'd said like, okay, this is this is this is going to happen now, um, and we knew that it was going to be baked beans on toast sort of vibes for a while. Uh, <laughs> lots of like our own, well, mainly Sam's to be honest, but money going into it because Sam's already an successful a successful entrepreneur in his own right. Um, you know, savings going in, going in, going in. No money for for yonks, uh, and just kind of biting the bullet. And that's how that's actually how you make a you know a connect a, like a real founders connection is making sure that you both understand. Um, and then we applied to TechStars and got in, and that was when things really started to like shape up and go fast. How did you decide on TechStars as the accelerator you wanted to join? Sam already Sam was. A, Big, big fan of um, Eamon Carey, who's the current MD of Techstars. Uh, I didn't really give, I didn't really care about accelerators. Yeah. Like I, I, because I was, I was so school of hard knocks in terms of startups. Like I, I had to like learn everything. I didn't get any kind of treatment or was put like, I had to start off no money uh, doing spreadsheets and learning about growth and paid marketing. I, I didn't have like a, you know, I wasn't part of a, a team where it's like, this is how you do this. And I mean, like, <laughs> like, there was no nice treatment. And uh, and I was like, well, you know, what are Techstars gonna do? Or what, or what are Y Combinator gonna do? Or 500 startups or any of these? And, and Sam was like, well, you know, it does kind of uh, give you the opportunity to in, like really like hone your skills and what you're doing and meet the investors. I was like, ah, oh, but you know, but then Sam was like, no, I think this is the, this is the right position for us to go in. And uh, textiles is one of the ones that I, I knew because I'd, I'd had friends who had spoken about it very highly in the past. Um, and I wanted to stay in London or be near London because I've got uh, a dog, Bertie, and I and Sam wanted to go to like Berlin or anything, but I wanted to be around <laughs> London. And I think if you're going to apply to a, if you're going to go for Accelerator, you go for the big boys um, and Textiles yeah. London is probably, probably the most prestigious. And I think it had like a 2000 applicants for 10 places this year. So we were, Jeez. yeah, we were pretty lucky to get in and uh, I, was, I was very surprised, but <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> what was that that process? I mean, the application process for that, and why do you think? I mean, obviously, there's conversations with them as well. Why yeah. do you think they wanted you in there? A timing, man. Like this, this is so. This is the thing. We create a Syncify is a really simple solution to uh, a friend friend's problem. A really, really simple solution, right? Listening to like I don't know you very well, man, but I would really like to just see the kind of stuff you listen to and what you're learning from, what you're getting your influences, and yeah. connect with you. Just like a hyper casual way of just connecting with each other um and that so that was already the idea right but then then a few things happened so coronavirus hit which basically showed the world that no one was connecting properly digitally online at all um everyone was like well i'm gonna meet sandy for beers on friday night anyway so i don't really need to like communicate that well with them on facebook or like double tap send me on link on, on instagram or anything like that um but then when you lost the ability to meet up with people in real life you really realize just how crap these, and that's an understatement, really. Like, like how <laughs> fucking terrible these play things are yeah. at, at, uh, at connecting you. So, and everyone knew that all of a sudden. And then social dilemma came out, 
And that was the one that basically went like, this is what how Facebook and everything is harnessing your data and how this is being used to do that, doing that. And then on top of that, the third kind of uh, third piece of the puzzle was Silicon Valley decided that the audio should now be social. Um, and we were right there, like we were right there and we'd been doing these kind of things. And all of a sudden it was like enter Syncify with barely had an MVP. Well, it didn't have an MVP. Uh, I had a couple of really good friends. One of them was uh, one of them was a very good technical entrepreneur. The other one was someone who could convince people that we were good technical entrepreneurs. <laughs> that helps too. <laughs> yeah, it was me, and uh, and yeah, it was it, it was liftoff. And I think I think textiles. Look at the people on the program now. Like you, you, there's there's bright people, and there's these these bunch of dudes and girls. They are just. <laughs> They are like exceptional. I mean, I would, I would honestly encourage anyone to go and look at the people who are on the on the course this year. You are, you get blown away by some of the people and some of the ideas. Um, and uh, we, I think, I think being incredibly different helped us in terms of profiles. Like as a founding team, Sam and I are, we, are, we, are, yeah, we have our industry expertise and we know what it's like to do what we're doing. But we also there's no chance of like founder fallout, which is a huge complex issue that happens with founders. Like I don't, I don't, I love Sam to pieces and and he, that means he can speak to me a certain way that other founders won't be able to speak to. There's it, a level yeah. of transparency that we can have with each other. Uh, like we've probably been in like physical fights <laughs> at some point in our lives. <laughs> and you can't, you can't really get much closer than that. Like we've grown up together and we've had these awesome experiences and, you know, I do love him like a brother. And I think, I think when people see that between us, they're like, oh, you know, what? I, can, I can fuck with these guys a little bit. And they're going to, they, yeah. they're, like, they're people. They're, they're people with people issues. And they're trying to, they're joined together to do something, to do something awesome. And like our, like our solution is so simple, but no one else was doing it as well. Like, it's like, what, why is, why can't I just do that? Like, why? <laughs> that's the thing about companies is, why the fuck can't I just go and do that? And I think that's a major, that's a major one as well um and uh and we we execute and i think that's something we we became very good at when we started session we got into tech stars and just before like i i i will just i do things really non no gray no gray areas whatsoever i am someone who just i, I get it done in my way and then i push it like I put it in my to-do list. It's done. That's it. No, no more, no more talking about it. Okay. What's the next thing to do? And <laughs> that's, so the execution level that we have, uh, and the way we talk about getting things done is very, very unique. Um, and we play to the strengths a lot. So a bunch of different reasons, I think. Yeah. And then from that, then the experience itself of Techstars, for those who aren't familiar about what it actually entails and what's been most valuable for you guys going through that. Oh God, like it's been, it's weird because it's been like almost 50% remote and the whole idea of textiles yeah. is to get the brightest minds in the, in the UK and further field tech economy working together, producing best results. But, um, what we found is that the, you just, all those rough edges, like you, you go in as like a, basically a good idea with a couple of bright people behind it. And you by about after mental madness week, which weeks, which is you speak to 10, 
uh, mentors a day and you pitch to them and they brutalize your pitch, your product, everything. <laughs> like you, you try, you try telling the CTO of Ikea previously, Walt Disney, you try, you try telling someone who writes hundred K angel checks every week. You try talking to the heads of product, like the likes of Monzo and Spotify about your product and expect them to respect you. Like you are, you are out of your mind. And so you basically beg them for your help for the first three weeks. And that takes the place of like four, three or four hours of calls every single day for three weeks or four or five days a week. Then you have to beg them to help you. And so by the time you actually reach the fourth week, you can explain what your product does succinctly to pretty much any type of person from a product perspective, from an investing perspective, from a growth perspective. And you don't, you don't get the opportunity to do that in many other circumstances because no one actually gives a shit about you as a startup. Like, if you, I speak to students all the time and they talk to me about their startups and I, I love working with the, with the student entrepreneurs who are like our main kind of focus groups at the moment. But I like, I hear their ideas and I want to say like, this isn't going to work. I want to say like, You're, <laughs> this is stupid because that's what people told us. And when you, you when you get an email, when you, you're like asking these guys who write these massive checks, it's like, hey, so thanks very much for your time. Do you fancy like giving us, and they're like, hey, no, I don't really see a future. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs> yeah bye <laughs> and then you're like oh and so you develop a pretty like uh, yeah a hard exterior so uh that's been the, the guidance and then they they hone your pitch and there's a bunch of associates there as well so um who textiles employ who are basically there to help you and we've been crap at using them actually uh because we've just been too self-involved which is a shame so if i was to go back and do it again i would work with them closer um but they help the companies get their shit done um which which has been great for the people who use them properly yeah, it's a resource for you. And that's actually, on. I've had a couple people on the show. One who, I mean, a number of them have gone through Techstars and mentioned that, but also even someone who went through Y Combinator mm-hmm. and they were saying, I think it was Chai Mishra from uh, from Move, a grocery mm-hmm. company, online digital grocery company. Yeah. And he was mentioning how, you know, he was skipping all the founder dinners at Y Combinator with, again, very much so the top people in the world around, around these different uh, things in entrepreneurship because he was building his company and it was growing so fast. Yeah. <laughs> so he had no time for the founder dinners, which is kind of ironic of you want to get into these prestigious accelerators for that reason. And then you're like, well, but I'm trying to grow my company at the same time. Yeah, so. yeah you have, it's multiple, it's multiple jobs. You don't, so textiles take, is a full-time job. And then you have to do the other job of running the company on the side. Oh, and then you have to recruit people because that's the most important thing uh, startups can do, in my opinion, is get the the hiring and the culture correct. And if you're not designated enough time to doing that, then you're going you're gonna to fail at all of those things, like no matter what you do to some extent. But the one you can't fail at is the hiring process, in my opinion, and getting the right people around you. So... If something has to go, it has to be things like the founders meetings and the CTO, CEO, COO meetings and that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's okay to do a little lip service for the first few weeks, but after that, you kind of you kind of are on your own a little bit and you need to make the right decisions. One of the things I want to go back to, and we're gonna, I definitely want to talk about team as well. You mentioned that, but one of the things I want to go back to is just in the beginning, obviously you're still pretty new in this company in terms of mm-hmm. how long it's been around, but take me through the kind of customer validation, what you've gone about on that side of things to really ensure like this is going to be viable and it's an ongoing process in many ways, obviously getting customer feedback, but take me through how you've gone about that kind of customer validation side of things. Yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm from the, I'm from a very different point of view to some, uh, some founders. I absolutely do not want to blitz grow. Like that is my worst nightmare. I've seen it happen with companies and it has 
no there's it doesn't do anything your attention suffers um your brand gets ruined you you develop like things called what we call brand terrorists which are people who go and just crap all over your product with anyone who who wants to speak about it so from validation to downloading the app like i control that journey as much as humanly possible um and the validation part was okay this makes perfect sense but who who is going to who's actually going to download it and who really gives a shit. So I just organized calls with my friends and then like literally on my Instagram, I put out, Hey, I'm going to build this app. I think, uh, literally, I think, can you want anyone to book a time and talk to me about it? Like, Oh, first it was like, who listens to podcasts and about like 50 people said it. And I was like, who wants to talk to your good old friend, Jack about uh, podcasts? And, and they all did actually, which was nice. And so I lined up 50 calls with my friends from Instagram who, uh, who listened to podcasts and I had, calls with them and i was like how do you guys share podcasts and how do you find new podcasts and do you ever get feedback when people tell you when you recommend a podcast or how reliant are you the app store which is your favorite and i went through all these and as i was speaking to them these are just my friends they were like i don't really have a oh that would be really that's actually really annoying and then we asked the broader questions like how do you feel about connecting with people online and as I'm 29 and as of my friends and stuff, and they, most of them just said, oh, we just don't, like, we just don't anymore. Like, I don't, I don't connect. They don't, they don't use the word connect in social media in the same sentence anymore. It's not part of it. So I was like, okay, well, we've got our, we've got our user cluster. It wasn't like thousands of people of validation going like, like, oh, we're desperate this product. People weren't like coming <laughs> my door, like asking to get a hold of an MVP or like be part of the team or anything like that. It was nowhere near as glamorous. Um, but I then went from like, okay, I've got the, got the idea. Um, and a bunch of my friends who felt sorry for me signed up on the website. Uh, we're talking about like maybe a hundred, 200 people maybe. Uh, and then, and then I was looking at the, the, I tried to look at the world. <laughs> what a dickhead thing to say. <laughs> God, I wish I could reverse that. But anyway, I was, uh, I was looking at the way like humans interact and, and I was looking at the world. I was like, who's in the shittest who is really in a shit position right now? Who's like really struggling because of the world? And I was like, well, there's care homes um, and people who are stuck alone in care homes who are old and can't. And I was like, that is, that is, that is terrible. Um, but I can't with my, with my product at the moment, I can't see how I could, I can help them because my, my problem is, is making social reversing the nature of social media because it's not serving people and connecting people, right? It's antisocial. That's my problem. It's affecting people. These people aren't really affected by the uh, problem that I'm trying to solve. And then I was thinking, okay, who else is stuck at home, not doing anything? And who had expectations of the most expectations of not being stuck at home? And suddenly students just like, I was like, okay, in America, you guys, uh, just in, in in England, let's say, you spend like £28,000, about $40,000 on your education. In America, I know it's absolutely way more. I was, I was, I, yeah, it's, it's loads. Imagine paying for that. And let's be honest, I, I was one of them, a load of people the same. I didn't go to university to learn. I did English and drama, for God's sake. I didn't go there to to memorize the works of Shakespeare and, and, and the, that kind of stuff. I went there to play rugby, uh, be in a few plays, talk to some people, have a good time, get to know, make some best friends and, and have a laugh. And if I walk out with a good degree at the end of it, fantastic. If I don't, then, well, okay, I, I can still take on the chin. Imagine going there and then not being able to meet anyone, not being able to even see your lecturers, not being able to go to any of the societies you wanted to join up with, not experience any of the awesome part of why you potentially chose that university to begin with. Oh, and by the way, you've already paid for it, so you're stuck there. Like, 
and now you're stuck inside. Oh, and you and you and you get fined if you go anywhere else. Oh, and also you're stuck in accommodation with people you didn't choose because that was one of your decisions. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Like, and I just pictured myself there, and I was like, oh god. So I drew up a list of uh, well, my my um, my project manager Javi drew up a list of three hundred universities, and I was like, okay, this is the email. It's email every single one of the entrepreneur societies at these universities, just saying what we do and if they want to have a chat. And I picked entrepreneur societies because I wanted people who not only feel the problem, but want to solve it. So I basically started having calls with these students and these heads of entrepreneur society. And sure enough, they were like, oh, we are so bored. Oh, we are. It's so crap. We are desperate for awesome things to do. We're desperate to be able to work on something for something awesome to, to happen and and just generally to to connect better with people at the university. The freshers particularly, like I don't know anyone what anything's doing, and I've just got these things on Instagram to work with, and I'm I'm like, oh, and I and then a few of them were like, I just want to like just say hi in a new way that doesn't involve us matching on Tinder and then not being able to bloody see each other anyway. And I was like, well, and I explained Syncify, and I was like, this is what we're trying to do. And I said, what, how does that make you, f-? and instead of going like, is it yes or no? I said, how does that make you feel? Like, what is, actually, how does that make you feel about, uh, like, d- does that make sense? And they, they were like, how can we help? It wasn't, oh yeah, sure, I'll sign up. It was like, no, how can we help? So I, I've now in the last few weeks signed up a few thousand of these student people's whether these student societies from London Jeez. School of Economics, Computer Sciences to Birmingham, uh, Birmingham university startup entrepreneurs to warwick university kickstart society oxford consulting group it goes on and on and on and this is why i don't really give a shit about waitlists either waitlists are bullshit if they don't care about the founders and don't care about the mission but if you dissect your waiting list into user cohorts who actively want to help you build a product that's going to serve them immediately they are going to stick around and help you it is a very good validated way of creating product market fit you get people who give a shit about you, give a shit about the mission and actively want to cure their own problem using your technology. And I can do that with a thousand people. I do, I can do that with 300, 400 people. I do not yeah. need a million people on a wait list to make that happen. Because what happens is if your product is incomplete and you release it to your wait list, you can, I can guarantee you that, that conversion percentage to downloads is about 15%. And on top of that, the people who stick around after day three is about 10%. And then when you try and send your your information, your product back out to that audience, they aren't going to give two shits about you. <laughs> um, no matter what, you could be sending the best blogs or emails in the world. There's just no chance. But if you validate it with, you validate your product with, you know, uh, with, pe- with a group of people who feel the problem, you are onto a winner. Going to that, I mean, have you did you evolve that process from your previous company you're at with when you're at Sweatcoin to get to that point of understanding how to really go through customer validation, how to understand using a wait list and, and how you go about these different cohorts what gave you that insight no i did i learned i learned i learned this i don't sweatcom was awesome for learning one of the, the mistakes they made was to not talk to their users mm. uh we were acquiring hundreds of thousands of users a day not knowing where they came from what they were doing what they liked about our product or anything like that the idea of being paid to walk itself was idea market fit and it was just it just hit the hit like an absolute major amount of, of, of downloads. And we matched that with pretty perfect paid performance campaigns, which landed people. The one thing I didn't want to do is why I talk about blitz growth is I wanted to know my users personally. Like I really, I wanted to do things that didn't scale. <laughs> which 
I wanted to like know that Jamie from Maynooth University, who's going to love the fact to just mention him, um, you know, or, or, or Lisa from UCC, or uh, I mean, there's a bunch of them, like personally, I want them to know that not only am I trying to like help their stuff by making a cool product, I want them to know that like, there's no part of this journey where they're not involved. They are, they're helping now. And I didn't get the opportunity when I was at university to deal with, to, to talk to startups um, who were doing what we did, who was six months down the line. And I'm not shitting on corporates or anything like that, but loads of these people have, the universities have deals with like Accenture and Deloitte and all these kind of awesome massive companies. And, you know, you're basically wearing a suit by the time you leave university. Um, but that shouldn't be the case. You should be able to work closely with entrepreneurs who just are good at doing stuff. Um, and that's also the opportunity we're providing to them. Uh, so if you're a student out there listening, you can just email me. And I'll happily chat to you about what we're doing, by the way. That is complete open invite. I have like hours I put aside each week to talk to anyone who wants to talk about the product. Like, I'm to- again, not scalable, I know, but we're a startup and that's <laughs> absolutely fine. So, well, especially you know, now, right? I mean, that's a lot of people I've talked to is like doing things that don't scale, especially early on. I mean, that's... And even yeah. as you go on, it's just it's so much benefit that comes from that in terms of the the insights you get in terms of a, a lot of different things that you kind of have to in the beginning anyways. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then it's just you you want you want them to really care. Like I, that 1000 true fans thing is it always rings true with me. But yeah. I want I, I want like I want them to be passionate. I don't want them to I don't want them to be because it's going to be crap to begin with. Right. Like no matter what we do. Anyone who says that their app to begin with is good or operational is lying. It's terrible. It's so bad. Like I look at our app the other day, I was like, oh God. (laughs) Oh Jesus Christ. Early. It's early, Jack. (laughs) No, no, no. Don't worry. We we remember we acquired someone. So that's that we are now like it now looks great. Like this was the other day. The acquisition has made a made things look pretty pretty damn awesome so um, i'm happy about that well you just awesome you yeah yeah and to that point i mean obviously it's like taking a leap by doing that and that's like you mentioned early on and and one of the things i just want to go back to make sure you hit on this is just Mm. uh the team in terms of building the team and that's a huge part of any startup especially early on getting that team right what's been that process for you have you kind of gone about building the team at syncify uh well this is it's kind of like my my pride and joy is is the thing like this because sam and i are so close um I, I mean, just give you some context now. There are seven of us living in a house in Cornwall uh, because we moved here for lockdown. And a few people have only worked with us for less than two weeks. So <laughs> you imagine that's how quickly we got to the point where they were happy to come and live with their founders. Like that is, that's how seriously we take it. The people we we take on, like they, they, they know us and they feel us. And, uh, and I, we, it is, it is hugely important for me to, benefit people who want to deliver our vision so my first thing is like how do like even with the interview process which i'll talk about in a second it's like how do i help these people achieve what they want to achieve and if it's not with us how do i put them on the pathway to make sure they achieve what they want to achieve after um, our company like how do we how do i do that so i go in the mindset of thinking that and i i'm not majorly naturally skilled in technology i am decent at revenue streams and growth marketing that kind of stuff but i wasn't really like i wasn't didn't come to the table with defined skills i had to kind of have them so one of the things we actually did sam and i and this again is something that you probably shouldn't do unless you've known your founder for 20 years sam and i sat down we listed nine things we fucking hated about each other (laughs) four or five each about things we really didn't like and he was like, 
I don't like the fact that you go off on tangents and I just have no idea what you're talking about. It's time wasting. And it is like, uh, we, we can't be do that. And I was like, you are, you are someone who uh, is very vague and you have major gray areas in terms of the way you explain things and you sound philosophical and you actually don't give direct answers and it's fucking annoying. And we basically <laughs> went like back and forth. And then we realized in terms of our hiring, if we could turn these skills, the things we didn't like about each other, on on their head and so if i'm not if i'm really go off on tangents and then the opposite of that is concise so we want to have a skills matrix where if you are between concise and rambly so if you're 10 out of 10 you are mega concise and so we built the skills matrix where we asked competency-based into uh, questions surrounding like eight or nine questions and then we score them out of 10 and uh and it's very natural conversation and the one thing we look for as well is a rock star characteristic which if you are struggling with the points up to that up to that question then we discover you have a rock star characteristic then you get an extra like five points in the system and that can basically land you with us or or, or it can't and uh yeah that's one of the main things and we take it i take it so, super seriously and it's not even it's like the dev team who i like i don't have like work in contact with but they have to do it as well um, okay, hold on. Amazing. What's a, what, what's an example of a rock star characteristic? Okay, um, so there's a guy called uh, Dave who who joined us really recently, and he gave a pretty good interview. And but I, I was there was something that I, I kind of picked up on. He was talking about something. I could see like in his eyes that there was something that he wanted to kind of go down. And I was like, "What do you?" I said, "Tell me, tell me about that and go a bit deeper." And what it was was David found a problem with something uh, that he didn't understand. And he basically became pretty hellbent on trying to find a solution to the problem because he didn't, he had this massive gap in his knowledge and it pissed him off to the point where he was like becoming incessant about learning and actually getting to know what this, like the answer to this question, to the, to the point where he was getting like really like pissed off and animated about it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like if this, if this guy is is willing to like get this pissed about the fact he doesn't know about something and admit it like he his willingness to learn is off the chart and willingness to learn is one of our rock star characteristics it's like if you can show us that you are willing to be you know learn obsessively and to the point of like insanity about something <laughs> and bring that in then that's fantastic so uh, for, for example so the, the the thing the characteristic is like the digital economy basically evolves every day right so syncifying podcasting as it is at its nascent. So assuming we have finished our learning is nonsensical. So if we can hire someone who's going to naturally make people learn five or 10% more simply by that person being obsessed with learning, that's a rock star characteristic. I love that. I mean, yeah. it's such a, an interesting way to go about things because there, there are, how do you evaluate talent? You know, when you're not a startup, that's something that's so tricky, especially for people who haven't really had to hire before. How are you going yeah. about that process? Well, like I don't, I don't, I love people. <laughs> that sounds again vague. I love people, um, but I love we, lamp. I love desk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, exactly that. So it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to validate someone. Uh, and we do do reference checks and that kind of thing to make sure they're not in, like they're not bringing something to the table. Like they haven't like like taken a shit on someone's desk for the last day of their in the previous company or something like that. You know, the, we kind of do those kind of background checks. But one of the things we we look for is is that is like we don't we don't have like a one size fits all uh 
way of of way of working like if someone is great like one of the guys who works in now Javi, he was he was at the textiles office and he was working just in the building and then he didn't want to work in the building anymore he wanted to work for a startup and he liked our company so it's like hey can i start working for you guys for free <laughs> and we were like yeah okay sure and then within two weeks i was like we're gonna we're gonna pay that guy and now he's in a house with us in Cornwall and he's integral to our, our company. That actually, well, that's very serendipitous. And it reminds me of even, uh, I think it was early on in, in Uber when Ryan Graves joined and he saw a tweet from Travis Kalanick about Uber yeah. and what it was doing. And then yeah. he just like reached out and that was, you know, yeah. that tweet was worth like a billion dollars basically uh, yeah. through him, him joining obviously <laughs> this relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, but Javi has his own, Javi has uh, his rockstar uh, characteristic is, uh, hang on, I've actually got it written down somewhere, somewhere here is like um is uh, ownership of mistakes and uh, actually he has like two really and he is uh and he is like creates con- culture of improvement so we absolutely love candor um i i i'm sound annoyingly self-deprecating the way i talk about myself i know it pisses people off but i i genuinely sometimes think that like some startup founders they actually think they are like god's gift <laughs> i'm like you're not you're just not you just got a company and you're just trying to build something and it may it must be amazing to think about that but you, you do just get up eat breathe and sleep and, and sometimes you do other stuff but come on like so we think that the journey of of improvement requires being honest with the people in a way that helps them grow and learn and people should always look for others uh, well look for ways to help themselves and each other and taking responsibility in and like of the process and uh, Javi was one of the guys who just, you could just see that he wants to improve and get better. And that when people are like that, it creates that like, positive environment that's just, it can drive a company. And we, what we need at the moment is drivers. We need people who are just going to keep us in shape. I could like, honestly, I love the people who work with us and for us or whatever. Like, I, I like, I, we've recruited them personally and they, they fit in really well. We have someone who's in sales, who's probably going to end up being our general manager, the way she's going about it, because she's just she's just fucking great. <laughs> like <laughs> I was in the town, we're trying to create the best possible work company to work for. And uh, we're going to keep doing things like taking our whole company to Cornwall and, and like giving them, I'm literally looking to see what I'm talking to you. And we're going to keep doing this as long as people keep striving for us and with us. Like that's just, that's just the heart of creating a company like ours. On that note and kind of to get closer wrapping things up here, just with Syncify, yeah. what yeah. is the big vision? What's next for you guys there? I mean, the next the next vision, I guess, in terms of like dev roadmapping, is to create a product that does what it says in the tin, right? Is to is to make sure that communities feel better connected uh, through podcasts and audiobooks. That's the main like raison d'être. Over the next like a year or so, when it comes to audiobooks, we do want to look at the possibility of people, uh, you know, just reading their audiobooks through syncify like that is that's one of the major the major things you want to accomplish is you want to read an audiobook you want to listen to podcasts you're going to be on syncify to do it because that's where your friends are and if i see you listening to uh a book that i want to listen to as well i'm going to be able to just purchase it immediately through through syncify uh which is a really deep growth model in terms of revenue and uh and variety as well um but we we want to incorporate all media like there's no there's no it doesn't take a lot to figure us out in terms of that way yeah 100 billion dollar market in terms of podcasts audiobooks but we are we're here to to really try and change the way people connect with one another online that's the big one one thing we haven't really discussed a lot with that i mean with that and obviously growing towards that as the kind of north star of sorts the business model behind that what do you see that being 
it, it actually took a while to define and we were messing around a little bit with the idea of podcast insights, but the feedback has been that that's not going to be truly scalable. And uh, we, 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 it's definitely a, a use, a use case in terms of, uh, in terms of the revenue. But we'd, we'd like to create a product where if we feel like we're absolutely adding mad, massive value to, uh, to, to people uh, and the way they connect and if they'd be like, like to pay for it in some way or whether they'd be happy enough to buy things through it or whether we can work out a credit system, then that is, that's the route we're going to go down. But we aren't going to, we aren't going to be asking people to pay for something we don't truly believe, believe in. But I guess the freemium product side of things is, is the way to go. But then there's the, as like a kind of a growth marketing revenue person, I have to look at things like the affiliate deal side of stuff. Uh, there are partnerships to be had there with publishers and, yeah, it's it's a lot of things, and we've already had podcasts. Obviously, my co-host, uh, co-host, my co-founder Sam's a huge podcaster, and he brings him with an audience. There's a few other podcasters out there um, who already want to like host on our platform because we give them valuable insights surrounding their their surrounding their audience, and you know the hot points and the best things they like, and it's a way to engage with your audience as well, especially if they're there to engage another surrounding your content as opposed to just listen to it in an isolated fashion, which they do now. For you with this company, obviously with the goals and everything you mentioned already with Syncify and what you're inherently doing, for you personally, how are you learning, growing any particular podcast audiobooks that you love? I'm I it's it's gonna sound really weird, but I'm very slow at picking up like books that uh, if I if I read a book that is a, a self help book, I want to hear the story. I want to hear the story of someone who's done something. And if I'm just getting a book of like how to, that's not going to to go very well for me and i've been reading a book hooked recently by uh near eval and that's that was like near eval, and that was that was really really good and i enjoyed picked to the points but it's things like shoe dog for me mm, or yeah. elon musk biography and the biographies of people who've really created something of, of absolute like intrinsic value that's where i get my lessons from so I, I i very much am like the okay have you been there have you done that have you got the t-shirt and if they have all of that stuff then I'm gonna I'm gonna condense it. I think Shoe Dog is the is the really good start one. Thrive by Ariana Huffington. I got really involved with that book and it gave me a very good peace of mind because I struggle with my own mind a lot actually in terms of uh, from the mental health side of things. I like I'm always really like in my own head, um, which I kind of need to be from a COO to make sure I, I'm I'm dominant in the way I want the company to to operate, but. You know, it does get quite a lot. So learning, I use Aaron Huffington Thrive to really condense uh, my mind into like, okay, this is the time I'm going to think about this. This is the time where I'm going to go for a run. And this is the time where I'm not going to think about anything. I'm going to stare out the window and kind of just be happy with existence. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And rescue a dog as well. Like, that's a really good way of keeping sane. <laughs> like, I rescued Bertie about a couple of years ago uh, from Battersea, which is dog's home in London. And I, as soon as I take that guy for a walk, that that helps me reflect on everything I'm doing, and I go back and I I start delivering again. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this a, a couple of times on the show, but I think it's important and worth noting again. I think as a man, Abizid from uh, Incredible Health, they've raised I think ten million plus dollars from top investors at this point. And one mm. of the things she said was um, managing your own psychology as a founder is, is number one. Yeah, I think she got that. She yeah. might have gotten that from Ben Horowitz, but um, it, it's like that is the number one thing you're doing because as a founder, I mean, you're guiding the direction of this company, you're managing people. It all falls yeah. on you at the end of the day i mean everyone brings their problems to the top people so co-founders and so that's really yeah. what you're doing yeah i i i if you want if you want to see me happy see see the people who work at this company happy um 
I want to see them thriving. And if I'm not doing well, being happy, positive and thriving in my own position, in my own health and, and life, there's absolutely no way I'm going to be able to infect them with my positivity and attitude. So if I can look after myself, I'm guarding them the best way I possibly can. And I need to make sure Sam, my co-founder, and he's the CEO and he's he is, he's a special guy. Um, I, I need to make sure that I'm looking after these people as best as possible. Um, and I'm always striving to make sure I can do that. It's a huge part of my job and something I take incredibly seriously. Yeah, it's actually, it reminds me of another person that I obviously talked to a lot of people, a lot of founders, and Chris Bennett from Wonderschool, who I just had on the, the podcast. They've been, they raised a $20 million round with Andreessen Horowitz mm-hmm. leading it. And, and he had mentioned getting an executive coach. And one of the things he was working on was writing and really thinking about his own happiness and how that affects yeah. the team. And that was everything. You know, him being yeah. happier personally by taking care of himself, doing what he needs to do, really infected everyone else on the team to make them happier and then enjoy the culture more at the company. And that's, that's important as well. And, and Jack, just to wrap things up, where can people go Mm. to learn more about Syncify and connect with you as well? Uh, Yeah. Go to syncify.fm, but I'm, I'm all about personal uh, contact. Um, I don't mind who's listening to this and what the, what state you're at or anything like that. If you've got this far, then obviously I haven't bored you to death (laughs) quite as much as I thought I would. Uh, but yeah, you can email me at jack at syncify.fm, go to the website or on Instagram. Um, yeah, just, just reach out and, and, and like ask, I like, I like having reasons for talking. Uh, so that's the best, best possible way. Um, yeah, that's, that's the thing I'd say. Jack, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I've loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. If you want to follow along on the socials for all things Just Go Grind and with me as well, you can find Just Go Grind on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go Grind. You can find me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Find me on Instagram, JustinGordon8. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.